Welcome to the Creative Brew, helping you keep your creative juices brewing. We're giving out chunks of insight, motivation, and practicality for your creative journey. If you're a creator, athlete, or entrepreneur, luck can only get you so far. Having the right skill sets are critical in your success. All Skill No Luck makes handcrafted, custom-designed flannel wear. Made in the United States and based here right in Oceanside, California. They pride themselves on quality, creativity, and attitude. The perfect brand for the Creative Brew. Use promo code CREATIVEBREW10 and get 10% off and free shipping within the United States. You can check them out at allskillnoluck.com. My next partner is Elevate Coffee Trading, and if you appreciate specialty coffee, enjoy outdoor adventure, and love helping elevate the lives of children around the world, then you're going to love Elevate Coffee Trading. Their mission is to extract hope through love, coffee, and adventures. There's free shipping in the United States, and every bag of coffee helps sponsor health and education for children in coffee-producing countries and in areas of need in the United States. You can use promo code ELEVATE21 on your next order, and you can follow their journey on social media at Elevate Coffee Trading. Or you can visit online at elevatecoffeetrading.com, and let's start extracting hope together. And this episode is brought to you by Baba Coffee, smuggling good vibes. Baba roasts their coffee beans each week and only offers the freshest coffee. They have espressos, lattes, cappuccinos, pour over, or drip coffee. You can try their cold brew coffee, nitro cold brew, or bulletproof coffee, and boba milk teas. They also have a wide assortment of delicious food. I would suggest you try the avocado toast, mimosas, wine, or beer. On the weekends, you can check out some great music like the Soto 6 and food like Eliza the Shelf and others over the weekend, every Friday and Saturday, beginning at 6 p.m. You can check out everything they got going on on Facebook and Instagram at Baba Coffee or go to babacoffee.com. And welcome to a new episode of the Creative Brew, giving you insights on your creative journey. Today, we've got a special guest today. We've got Jason Moore, um, an artist, entrepreneur, uh, actor. Uh, like I said, he, like I said, really, like I said, got a long list of credits. Uh, he's mo- mas- uh, ma- mainly known for uh, his character, uh, Curtis, uh, Curtis uh, Hoyle in okay. the, uh, the Punisher uh, net- on, that's on Netflix. So you get a chance, check him out. He's on there. Um, but like I said, I got to meet Jason uh, at the uh, Oceanside uh, Stronghold not too long ago and, and uh, got to check out his book, which is uh, what we're going to talk about today. We talk about a little bit about his story and uh, the book and, and things that inspire him and, and all kinds of other things. So uh, without further ado, um, I'll let Jason uh, share his origin story and then uh, we'll, we'll get going. Ah, thank you for having me. Uh, yeah, so I guess uh, we can start with... Uh, was born in Jamaica um, and then moved to America very young age and set up shop in Albany, New York, which is upstate New York. And it's a, it's a cold sort of small town and knew I had to get out of there right away. Just kind of had feelings of like the, the world is bigger. Then um, went off to college and, and didn't know what I really wanted to do yet, but then uh, decided my freshman year I wanted to be an actor. And then, so then that was like, I got on a train and I was riding that train until that thing derailed. And so um, I'm still on it, uh, but that was the initial back in 1999, golly. <laughs> uh, back then I decided to become an actor and I was gonna approach it like um, anybody approached any profession that they cared about. Um, so I, I had to learn how to act because I didn't have like a background in it. Um, and so I had to learn every aspect of it. Um, and then, so I then went to, uh, the Purchase College, which is a theater art school in Purchase, New York, which is in White Plains, upstate New York, um, but just out of the city area there. And then that's where, you know, got bit by the bug and, and studied and, um, yeah, just getting a phone call. And um, yeah, so, and, and from there, uh, y- y- you know, once I learned as much as I could, I then um, 
hit the road, hit the, hit the road, like went out there to, to do as much as I could professionally and learn as much as I could. It took four years. That program was a four-year program that taught everything from, um, you know, standard uh, American acting to Chekhov to Shakespeare, um, taught dialects, how to control your voice, movement, all those classes that come in any uh, normal conservatory. Uh, conservatory is sort of like the specialized training in that field. So they call that a conservatory. Um, and then went out there. And I think the first role I ever got was Guide and Light, which is a soap opera back in New York that got canceled since then. But um, yeah, it was that was the beginning. And, and, and I've been at it uh, in terms of acting ever since. Um, and, and, you know, you, along the way, I had to make sure uh, I had people around me who knew more than I did about the business and how to act, um, because the, those were my sources of, of constant learning. Um, and, and then I came out here to LA because I wanted to take the acting career to the next level. Um, and, uh, I pretty, pretty much been here ever since. Um, and that was back in 2008, 2009, something like that. Yeah. Cool. cool. That's the start. So here I am in LA. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, sometimes it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it could be a little, I, I know a lot of people that, you know, it could be, you know, artists, musicians that, you know, maybe they're in a small town. And I said, I'm, I'm originally, I'm, I'm from Tennessee. So I tend to, you know, I was in a, you know, sort of a small tight knit community. And uh, and even coming out here, like I said, I got out here in 2014, uh, different cultures. Um, like I said, it was sort of like a wide open to like a new, like a new world uh, almost uh, coming out here on the West Coast. But um, for, I mean, for you personally, I mean, do you felt like, I mean, did you get to that point to where like you were just gonna, you were gonna move out of there no matter what and and get to a new, sort of get into a new environment to, uh, to sort of pursue acting or, or did you, I mean, I didn't know if you had that, that little apprehension or fear, you know, feeling like, you know, um, you know, stuck, maybe with you stuck in Albany, um, having that, that fear and apprehension, but like, maybe I'm afraid to take that leap or did you just make a decision like, Hey, I'm just gonna, you know, just go after it. There, there, there are very few moments, well, not a few moments, but I think there's a, there are a few moments in a person's life when they are absolutely clear about something. What I mean, they are clear. Um, and one of those moments of uh, leaving New York to go to LA was one of those, mo I didn't know, I didn't have a lot of things in place, but I knew I was clear and I was going to LA. A couple of reasons. Um, once I thought about it, um, really thought about it, I was out of New York within two weeks. I mean, apartment gone, everything. I just left whatever I had in the apartment told the super he could keep it, do whatever he wants with it, keep the uh, security deposit. And then I moved to LA. Um, and 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 I was I was so clear on that. I was like, first of all, it was it was too cold and wet outside for too many days. And I was like, I don't gotta live like this. And I was like, they got palm trees over there. They got palm trees and nice weather. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, what am I doing here? And the film business is is out there. Um, and so I knew it. And within two weeks, I was I was in L.A. from from really thinking about it and, and moving. So it didn't take much time. I was gone. <laughs> so so with the so with the Punisher role. So how, how did you end up? You know, and I'm sure there's there were processes and just steps to even get to that opportunity. But like, how did you how did you fall into that? Like, I didn't know. I mean, from your, your perspective, like, how did you get into that? Well, I mean, you know, as an actor, we all just we just audition for things that that comes our way. Um, and uh, the Punisher, the way Marvel usually casts is they keep things secret. They give you code names and generic scripts and text to read through. None of it's like the real deal. Um, and so uh, you just audition for it like it's a normal thing. And that's what it was. And then later on, once they're like interested in you, then they'll reveal what it is. and. Um, that's what happened. So then it was revealed that, in, you know, this is a new show called The Punisher. And I was like, what? 
Like for real? And um, you went through the audition process, uh, and 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 I still make fun with the uh, showrunner because the audition for that role was was unnecessary. What he did, I mean, it was like three pages of the monologue. Like the monologue, I'm like the monologue that made it to the, to the on the screen was cut short, and it was overlapping with different images and stuff. It wasn't just me sitting there talking. Wow. Okay. Now, mind you, the audition is me, just like this, sitting there talking. How hard is it going to be for me to keep their int uh, interest while I'm just sitting there like this talking? They know it's difficult, which is why they uh, overlapped it with clips and other things on the screen, right? But that's what the audition process was like. And I mean, it was... Um, it was daunting because most auditions are like that. They're usually short, quick, I think, but this was like three pages of just a straight monologue. But I was trained that way. I was trained doing Shakespeare. I was trained doing um, August Wilson. And so those monologues weren't something that I couldn't handle. It was familiar, but it was still different from what you see on TV. So I did it, um, make a long story short. You know, got the call that that uh, they want to offer me the role, and and then the rest was history. It was it was like it was a great feeling. Um, I had set out a long time ago before then to book a series regular on a TV show, and I did it. I achieved the goal. That took time to come, sticking with it, and then achieving it. Is that feeling? That people who felt it know exactly what I'm talking about. And it doesn't have to be with acting. It can be with anything. You work hard towards something and you stick with it through hard times. And then it pays off. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's one of those things, man, that you it, it's hard to explain um, that kind of feeling. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But that's how it came about. It was just an audition. And uh, to answer your question in a more uh, concise way, it's like it was just an audition. I auditioned for it and, and, and boom, I got it. Yeah, I, I think some. I think a lot of people, especially uh, I know I talk with a lot of uh, just younger, you know, artists and creators and people that's aspiring to get into the creative field. Um, yeah, the, I think the, the 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 patience, you know, to to sort of stick through it is sort of it tends to wane a little bit. You know, it's one of those where they if they don't if and I don't know maybe social media has you know just changed people's perspectives on like. Hey, uh, you know, if I don't see some kind of result in, you know, you know, three weeks or a month, then I'm just ready to give it up. And and I, I think even I'm always interested in a lot of I like seeing a lot of actors, uh, you know, just backstories and understanding like all this like just stuff and crap that they had to get through to mm -hmm. get to where they are. Like I, I don't think people understand those those ten to fifteen years of you know just getting you know just little little parts or little things until they you know, blew up or got into a big opportunity. I, I, I think a lot of them don't don't see the uh, behind the scenes. Um, the, you know, people tend to see a, a lot of the, the highlight reels and see, well, well he they made it like, uh, but they don't understand all the stuff it took to even get to that to that point. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, that, that's with anything. They only see when you're there. They're like, oh, overnight success. Mofo, you're like, nah, son, no, no, this is, this is a you, you, you. All right, so here, this is a prime example. We'll probably, I'm probably jumping the gun in terms of your, your line of questioning, but- Oh, um, no, no, you're fine, you're good. Like, you're like, this publishing company that I'm trying to build with my partner, Justin, right now, no one knows who we are. Absolutely no one knows who we are. Um, But I'm going door to door. I'm legit a door to door vacuum salesman. Or if you remember back in the day, when these rappers used to sell, like all the big rappers now used to sell their mixtapes out of their trunk of their car. Mm -hmm. There's no difference in what I'm doing now. What happens is, is that if I give up now with this hard work, that is very exhausting and very expensive. But if I give up now, then that's it, it's the end of it. But if I give it a real effort um, with an understanding that it takes a minimum of three years for any business to become 
profitable. With that type of understanding, you know you got to give yourself at least three years, like really dedicated hard work. So you say, I can't make a decision based on, I can't make a decision in terms of giving up or changing unless there is some concrete information or three years or or give it three years. And so um, with this, it is a grueling, nobody is with me in the car as I'm driving from one town to the next, right? Nobody's with me when I'm breaking my back, lifting up those box of books, trying to put them uh, on a truck or in my car. Nobody's with me on that. Nobody see that. But what they are going to see is this interview later on or other interviews, me walking a carpet and then this comes up. Don't you got that publishing company? That's what they do. That's what they see later on. And they're like, oh, you've done so much. But nobody cares when it's building. Most people just want to see the results. And that's fine. That's fine. But know that, um, know that when you're in the lab, like you're in the lab, the door's closed and no one's looking in. And yeah, like, like take those moments, I think, most seriously, because um, then you can reveal the truth to people later on. It's, it's, uh, and I'm in any department, in any field, but it can seem like Facebook came out of nowhere. Facebook came out when I was in college. Yeah. Seemed like it, it went out, it came out of nowhere. The biggest social media sites ever came out of nowhere. Right. Uh, but we didn't, we didn't know what Zuck and his team was doing, <laughs> like, and, and how much coding it took to write the code for it, what really motivated they had to do documentaries to explain all that stuff. But, you know, um, somebody like somebody like LeBron, we see their progress throughout their whole lives. Those are superstars, sensational superstars. But that work had to be put in regardless. Um, he had the potential early on, but that work had to be put in. But we got to see that, the, the progress along the way, his defeats, you know, his tears. <laughs> Most people don't get to see those moments of doubt and tears um it's because we have them you build an anything you're gonna have them um because it's not like money is just flowing in right away you got to build it first right and um man those those moments of doubt that come creeping up you got to find a way i know i got to find a way to fight those moments of doubt because they they come you know they sure they sure do That's a, that is that is the truth. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, yeah. I think that derails a, a lot of people's um, aspirations and, and dreams. Is is you know they get those doubts creeping in, or they feel like I know the the, the biggest thing I've, I've recently heard, and and um, and I'm sure you may be able to allude to this is like where people feel like like they don't support you, or maybe it could be like your closest friends or family. They feel like you know you're putting out something, and like they're they get mad because like they're like well why you know how my friends or family don't even support me on this like uh or it could be just some random person that just picked up your book and enjoys it and they'll be the first ones to you know share and support it um you know rather than you know like your close friends or family or you know things like that um you know i i I think personally and it's something i talked about it was like just you know, I think people need to widen their audience. You know, people feel like my support system needs to be, you know, my immediate family or, or you know, my close friends. Um, you know, your your audience is, could be the entire world. Like, you know, Prayer for the Hunted. I mean, that's something that could be a, a worldwide product. Um, your audience may be in another country altogether. Um, and uh, so I think once we sort of switch our mind frame, our, our mindsets to, towards that and feeling like, well, wait a minute, I don't, you know, my, my audience is, you know, the world. It's, it's, oh, it could be a whole nother country that's reading, reading this book right now and, and, you know, praising it and supporting it. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't know that. Have you had, have you had, ish, uh, you know, those situations where you, you know, you felt like you put out something or maybe you felt like, hey, I'm going to go do this. And, you know, uh, maybe, you know, you, you, you get that lack of support. I didn't know if that's been the, been the case for you before. Well, no, fortunately, um, uh, I've always had support, but I, I think even before that, 
I made sure I was around people who could give that support. My family may not be the best. They always give the grounding family type of love support. They're always going to support, right? Now, the the limits to their support is there are limits to their support in some of the areas that I, I'm, I'm going into because they never did it, right? But they're like, yo, go for yours. You know, they, they, they support in that kind of way. They're, they'll never um, try, try to like, uh, you know, they'll never bad talk me. My family is there. I got, I got, I got a real family. But I also put myself, what I think is important, is if you put yourself around people who are doing things that you either want to do, things that you're interested in, those need to be your circle of people. I think if you are savvy enough to um, quickly determine a person's character, you can make you can minimize your mistakes in who you pick to have around you. Um, but having that group of support around has always pretty much been there for me. Um, I'm not saying that everybody um was a support structure but i didn't have any i didn't have any hurdles in terms of like people getting in my way or hating on my success no i never i've never i've actually never experienced that you know when there was a period in like um rapping where everybody was talking about haters haters this and haters that where yeah. is this coming from i was like i was like who's hating i was like i was like maybe i'm just not maybe nobody knows me so i ain't got no haters but i was like i I do not experience haters. And that's probably because I don't look at people as haters. And so I don't put that energy out there. I think when I go into a store like um, Stronghold, I think those people want to see me win. I think they want th th this book to be successful. And I feel that way. So I go in there with that energy like, yo, I, I, you know, with this sort of, um, I feel, you know, gratitude, and it's 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 like a safe space. It's cool. I don't feel anyone's attacking me. It doesn't even, it doesn't even come up in my thinking. Um, and so I've never been a victim of that sort of negative hate um, or failure to have support. And that could just be, you know, um, me. I know there's a lot of people out there that got to go over some crazy hurdles, which we all do. I'm just saying um, to your question, if you have that kind of lack of support around you, change your circle, change the people you're around. I don't live with my family. And again, my family is a great support group, but my family's also not doing what I'm trying to do. So I'm the only one in my family that lives on this side of the country. Everybody else is over there. And so, whereas I know a lot of people don't want to be far from their family because that's an important support group. It's like, nah, I have other friends, colleagues, associates um, that are like support group out here, like uh, here in LA. I think it's important to have too. So, um, but I'm not a victim of the, the hate and the, um, um, uh, and like the people want to see me fail. I don't know, maybe it's just because I don't put that energy out there that it doesn't cross me. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's really a great point. I mean, you know, you do, I think people, you know, some people don't realize that, like maybe your your family. I mean, maybe they can support you, but they can only support you for from a certain capacity. Like, you know, even with you, you know, being an actor or or producing this book, you know, they can only, you know, support you from the capacity of saying, "Hey, look, go for it." But I don't like I don't know <laughs> I don't know anything about that. I'm like, yo, ma, how do you um? I can you teach me? I am big pentameter, ma. What's that Shakespeare play? No, my mom's not gonna know it. She was an English teacher. My mom's a Jamaican immigrant. She's not gonna know it, right? So I can't go to her and and break down a script. I could barely go to my mom's and ask her to help me with an audition because she doesn't understand the process, right? Not that she doesn't want me to win, but that's not what she. The capacity is limited, and how my family they could support me with all the love. And all the moral compass they can ground me and bring me back to reality but i got to go out there and set up my own support group 
um, to meet the goals that I want to meet. And so, yeah, this, I think, I don't know, I think that's important. I mean, I, I don't think that's anything profound either. Uh, I just think that it's what people should do. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell me a little bit about the book. So like mm-hmm. Prayer for the Hunted, um, how, how did the, the, the concept for the book come about? Um, obviously, I mean, I know we talked a little bit about, you know, just uh, finding a publisher and everything else. Like how, how did everything get, get started? Okay, um, so Justin, who's a writer, had the idea uh um she's like hey let's turn this into a comic book and um he was like okay he got to work and doing that um he found ariel uh orea who's this amazing mexican artist online we've never met him um but just phone conversations and zoom and stuff like that um and had to go through that process of getting the comic book done talking about the shots the angle was with the with the artist and as justin was working through that we had to figure out how we're going to get this um like how we're going to do this how we're going to get this out there uh of course there's a lot of publishers and distributors um but we one of the other companies that we have already have a supply chain that can do this sorts of thing um so you know, Justin and I went to different places in the world and um, we've toured factories and we've had, we got a list of different factories that we work with. And so we knew we can get a book done easily. So, you know, as we got closer to releasing the book, started to look at some publishers. I, you know, went and spoke to some people at Dark Horse, boom um oni image and i've got the same rejection and i have nothing to do pretty much nothing to do with it it's all some soft rejections like they wanted to let me down easily or whatever like that but all rejections nonetheless and i was like huh i was like i mean i'm looking at the book right this is the graphic novel right i'm like now kind of flip through the pages here real quick so you gotta get a little quick look at it but they didn't want to have nothing to do with me and justin insists we do it ourselves we will do it ourselves um and that's what we decided and so uh coming out here and doing it ourselves is again the hard part but after those rejections it didn't stop the process it was like i think they did because what i told we had so much of it already taken care of like printing shipping all that was already taken care of so then what could they take from us what could they ask for right they couldn't take ownership of the book if um all of it was done Mm -hmm. so i think that's why they were pretty much saying no there wasn't a business incentive for them right okay and so um once you decide to do it on your own, then you got to do be prepared to do that, that legwork and that hard work. And so now we're in the flows of that. Yeah. So that's how that's how the idea of the book came. Yes, it was um the ultimate idea, which is I don't really like to talk about it uh, too much because it's it's not that I'm, I'm I shouldn't share it or don't want to share. It. It's just it's um it may seem too uh. <laughs> uh you know, to sort of not that's manipulative, but it's just like too too much forward planning. And like, I thought you guys were artists, and we are artists, but we're like thinking down the road. And so, it's all about IP. Mm-hmm. You get these books on the the bookshelf, you know, that's IP that you, you could then pitch to studios. Um, people can option it. It's like that's the ultimate goal. You make a you have a, a portfolio of different works. I think that's the way to go in this business. If you look at the the last big movies and shows that have come out and hit the screens, they were all from books. Yep. Right? Especially, we already see the comic book ones, right? Um, and so in comic books, were, some issues are 22 pages. You say, and they've used some of those storylines from 22-page comic books. Yes, they've been around for a while, but I'm just like, People 
want works that, that um that have been around they have a following already and pretty much if you look at the comic book the storyboards are already in there so it's like you could take this to take this to film right it's just it's like the work is is nearly done already so that's the big idea is to create um ip to sit on bookshelves yeah and sold and to be read and consumed I mean, I know as, as reading it, um, as soon as, which is said, and by the way, incredible, incredible artwork too, um, from uh, Ariel, uh, great, great artwork. Um, I know when I was reading it, that literally the first thing that jumped to my mind, like, I, I could see this as a Netflix movie. Um, oh, yeah. As soon as, as soon as I was, you know, reading through it, I was like, just the pace, just the pace of the action. I was like, wow, I, I easily, easily see that on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um so uh, yeah, I mean, definitely you know, converting something like this to uh, to a movie format. I know it's volume one, um, but uh, yeah, yeah, something like that. I think I think that's the way to go is figuring out ways of, of leveraging, um, you know, intellectual property, um, ideals, artwork. Uh, how do, how can you leverage that um, and distribute it in, in different forms? Um, I, I I think that's the way to go. Um, so. Um, so right now, I mean, even with uh, you said there, there, and like I said, I know we, you get, I know you don't want to give out too much of your plan. So um, this book, Volume One, um, how, how many volumes do you plan on doing specifically for the Prayer for the Hundred? So Volume uh, Prayer for the Hundred comes in three volumes. So complete okay. stories in three volumes. So okay. um, yeah, you, we got a third of the story in Volume One right now, but the, the complete stories in three volumes, um, and and you know it's about these you know, two guys who. Um, we're not giving too many because you see what happens when you know too much. When you know more of the story than this in one volume, you 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 may say something that you don't want to say. But yeah, these two two guys they go head to head. One sent to kill, um, the other, and they got to figure this stuff out. Um, and so um, what I love most about the writing is is the clear, distinct characters. Like there's not one mistake with the Russian accent right nor like uh this russian uh, uh kgb agent is talking to this black man you know from america right who 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 has his sort of cultural influence you see them go head to head and they're clear with the way they're talking to each other yet they can still communicate with one another i think i think that's really dope so the writer put some cultural influences in there um some of the language uh, which is like real juicy stuff when when because that's what actors want to see. Actors want that 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 authenticity because then it gives us the boundaries of our work and we know what's true, like we know what's real and what's not and what's true and what's not. Um and so uh yeah, it, it, I love that the most about like the the writing is how distinct those characters are. Um and and then also the play with words, the banter. It's good. It's good stuff. Good deal. Good deal. Um, so uh, right now, I mean, what what things? Um, I, I think you know, and this could, you know, I know sometimes uh, people are like, you know, there's different things that that inspires them, or sometimes people aren't inspired by too much of anything. Um, for you personally, you know, what what things inspire you right now? Oh man, um, the the there are a couple things. So I find inspiration in movies all the time. Every time I sit and watch a movie, um, my acting mind is going like like um, I just finished watching Napoleon, and um, you know I just got all kinds of inspirations while I was just sitting there watching the movie. Almost can't turn that part of my brain off. So when I watch movies. When I see people's artwork, when I see people create their artwork, I like to watch step-by-step uh, videos, processes, because something interesting happens. And some of the most complex drawings out there, realistic drawings, starts with stick figures, starts with a, a sketch, a tracing almost, and then they fill it in. And if you could break that down to almost everything you do, any large challenges that's a, but that's how it happens to me that's the inspiration i get from it so i say all right i got this daunting task of clean out my garage 
per se. I'm making this up. But now, say I got this daunting task. I could simply apply how someone breaks down this amazing work of art in terms of a re highly realistic drawing, starting out with circles, lines, sketches, simple proportions of the anatomy, and it turns into something that's so real. I'm like, all right, I'm going to take three boxes out, um, and I'm going to deal with three boxes at a time. So it's like, I don't look at that whole cleaning of the garage as like something I got to get done tonight or today. I'm like, I'm going to do it in steps. Boom, boom. That's one piece of how, and that's just a simple translation of it. But I find these little pieces of inspiration almost everywhere. Um, there is um, also the people who I have around me. Uh, they are, so, and they're not all artists. Like, like um, some of the people around me are just straight entrepreneurs, um, you know, just kind of build their businesses. They all, you know, all young. And when I watch them do what they do, um, man, I just pick up some of the most valuable things that I've learned from them. I just like, oh, I like that characteristic. Oh, this is dope how they um, manage their time. Or, oh, that's a great way of communicating. And so I kind of just take notes of all those things and I follow. Those are all little nuggets of inspiration. Um, but you got those, those, those inspirations just kind of help me out in real life, um, which then affects me creatively. Because um, if I can't, if my mind is bogged down and I can't think clearly, I don't know where the creativity is going to come from. <laughs> and so, and so I got I got to do those little things that I've seen. Um, um, and uh, where are some other things I get created? Like, I mean, just just looking at like I said, people's artwork, watching movies. Sometimes I'll crack open a graphic novel, um, you know, someone else's works, I and mean, I'll see what they're doing, and I'm like, man, this is dope. Boy, this is this is amazing right here. Look, I wish I did that. But anyway, it's like it's like you you I gotta see that and 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 just get some ideas flowing. But it's um, it's it's from many different places. It's not just one place, you know. And it's and it's in different aspects. So yeah, there's some. I look for inspirations and in how I can live my life better, mm -hmm. uh, make my life more efficient. Um, but then also creative ones. And I watch movies. Um, I watch, I go back to the, my, my favorites, like Denzel. I'll just go watch Denzel and just go sit in class and just kind of like, how do you do that right there? What made him do that? And I got to fill a lot of it in because I'm not there on set, you know? And so you got, you know, other things are happening. So I'm like, man, that was a nice choice. How do you get there? And I think about it. I don't need to know the exact answer, but all I do is think about it. And then you'll hear me, I'll run, I'll pull up, you know, an old audition. I'll look at the lines. And I'll try to like do that. Or what I think is it. I'll try to interpret it in some kind of way. So watching the greats do what they do. Oh, I'm... Yeah, I, I'm, I definitely find this right. I mean, and not only just Denzel, but Denzel, when you just look back at what he's done, it's just like, man, that was nice. And I wonder why. It's hard to really explain why, you know? Because everyone just loves watching Denzel be Denzel on the screen, right? And you're like, but why? And I, I I constantly am seeking the answer to that, um, you know, uh, why the greats are the greats. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. It's it's um I don't know. I don't know the answer to that, but I, I constantly seek in, uh, inspiration through them um, and through other people's works. Like that, I bet. Yeah, it's a yeah Denzel. That's a that's a goat right there. It's. A... <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I think uh, I think the more I, I find myself, you know, I, I've been doing this doing this show for uh, it's been, been about four about four years now, but every time I, I you know just doing the show, I, I, I actually 
the more that I do this, the more I, I start to look at, um, you know, just different talk shows or different other other shows and like, okay, how like how are they communicating? Like, how are they conversating or, or creating certain dialogue with the, you know, with guests or even looking at movies and like, because um, I know I'm, I'm trying to trying to work on my book too. And like, okay, how are the dynamics for all these characters? You know, what, like, what, why is the why behind all this? Like, why are they like this? Um, yeah, I think I think the more you, you just keep dissecting it, I mean, it's uh, it's it's amazing. I mean, even with you know some of the actors like Denzel, I mean, that's I mean the, the amount of work that he's put in. I mean, I I don't know. I, I think the reason why everybody likes Denzel is just like he's just it's just Denzel. Like I think he I think he magnifies his his truth on on screen. Like you don't see anyone that's like like with Denzel. It's not anyone like okay he. Maybe he portrays this on screen, but he acts like just completely opposite. Um, I think I think his energy, or, or maybe just the way his presence is, I think it just magnifies on screen, and like that's just like he's just putting out who he is, um, and he's just comfortable in that. Uh, I think a lot of people, I think some of the actors have a hard time, you know, separating their their acting, the actor from their you know, who they really are. And I think Denzel's just like all the way through, like, this is, this is who I am. Um, and he sort of magnifies that. I think that's why it makes it easy for people to, to watch him uh, and enjoy him. Yeah. Um, I like that answer, but it ain't enough. Yeah, no. It's <laughs> Cause, because, because there are, there are people who, um, you know, who I can, like, I think you're right about that. He definitely brings his, his truth to the screen. But, but um, there, there are a lot of people who do that, but they don't get that sort of traction. So, I mean, Denzel's, you know, wildly charismatic and, and played, some of the best roles written on on screen. Um, I'm still searching for that answer, uh, but I, I think my search for that answer is through my work. It's not really something that's going to be answered, sort of, and explained through words per se. Um, I think when I discover what that answer is, I would have touched it. I would have been there. And so that's that's what it is. It's a yeah, it's an ongoing search in the craft. Yep, that is truth. Um, so right now, I mean, uh, creative tips. What is a creative tip or tips for our audience? Well, I think um, uh, I, I, I think I touched on it along the way and throughout this conversation. Um, is is one creative tip is make sure you're in creative space. Um, what does that mean? If you got, if you're bound, you know, if you're burdened with bills, um, bad relationships, bad employment, um, just crazy stress, I don't know where you're going to find your creativity. So it's best to eliminate those things in your life or minimize them um, so that you can get to that creative place again. Uh, Creativity comes from a sort of an ease, um, almost. And so uh, it, try to eliminate the, comp the, the complexities in your life. One, um, putting people around you who are like-minded, uh, who are doing the same things that you're doing. Because an interesting happens happens when you're around people doing the same thing they'll approach the same task differently you're like oh it could be done that way <laughs> and it's like they're always showing you new ways of doing the same thing and so keeping people around you who are like-minded um is important i think for your creativity because it's gonna it's just gonna keep you enlightened and and there's gonna be an understanding they're doing the same thing you're doing, so they're going to know how your time is spent. There's not going to be conflict and understanding of what it requires to do what you do. Um, if you got to go away and you got to be buried in the basement just to bang out a script, other writers are going to know what that is, right? 
And so there'd be less conflict if you're around other writers and they're like, hey, let's go do something. You're like, now nah, I got to bang the script out. And the writer's like, oh, okay, I can understand that. Um, uh, and then, mm, what's your source? Like, find that inspiration. Um, you may not know what that is. A lot of people don't know what it is. But also think back, well, what do you like? You're probably getting inspiration from everywhere. You just don't know that that's what it is. So sit back and think about, like, what, what do you like? What, what, what are your interests? And yeah, I'm sure you may, you probably don't know what that is either. But again, just sit back and I bet you you'll find it. Think about it. Like, like, what do you do on your time off? You're not just sitting there staring at the wall, right? You might be listening to music. And you get inspiration, but then you might not know how to apply the inspiration. But um, so also, um, like, uh, just keep in mind to try to discover where those, those um, points of inspiration are coming from so that you can then use it to influence your creativity. If those points were clear, I don't know, sometimes I get the rambling and, <laughs> and, and you're like, people don't understand. But anyway, <laughs> no, 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 those are some great tips. Uh, great. Hey, definitely drop some, some knowledge bombs, something. I know I, I like to hear these tips from, from different um, guests, because like I said, I try to absorb it as much as I can and, and use that to in my own, you know, creative career and my, you know, my business and everything else that I do. So um, yeah, like I said, I definitely appreciate for you um, sharing any, any of that knowledge. Uh, mm -hmm. Before we sign off, you know, what are those uh, ending words of wisdom that you can give to uh, maybe to any aspiring creators or people that's, that's, you know, maybe looking to try to write a book or, you know, become an actor or make music, um, you know, what, what kind of words of wisdom you can, uh, that you can share with our audience that's going to, uh, you know, resonate with their, their hearts and, and minds and, and spirits. Be prepared to fail. And failure is good. There is no way that you do something perfectly right off the bat. There is no way you get there without failure. Just fail up, but don't be afraid to fail. A, a, nobody who you admire or respect has gotten there without making any failure, without failing, nobody. And, and just know, like once you know that and realize that, um, it should give you some ease in, in going through the process, at least starting. Start. Because I know failure scares people, so they don't even they don't even start. Be ready to fail. And that failure is good. And I, I heard this from somebody else. So I'm not like saying something new, but really think about what that is. And and um, I don't know. Give yourself an experiment, like like give yourself a test, I should say. Do something. It doesn't have to be a major task. Just try something. All right, so you know what? I'm going to go to CVS. I'm going to pick up a pen or a pencil and a drawing pad, and I'm going to try to draw something. Care what it is. Just try to try to draw something. Draw it. Look at it. And be like, oh, this is a piece of shit. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't know if I can curse on you, but this is... This is <laughs> you be like, oh, this isn't quite what I, I wanted. But then go on YouTube, right? And go Google how to start drawing. What are the first steps in drawing? And then watch how they break it down. And then now you have learned how to approach drawing as opposed to just start drawing. And it's it's everything is like that too, right? That's the engineering mind in us, right? is that we break it down. Even a drawing um, is, is an engineering mind uh, and, and, and then fail. That first drawing was the failure, but then you went and looked up how to really do it. And then your next drawing is gonna be better. And that's just life. That's, I think that's building. So be willing to do that and go through that process. And I promise you, you, you would, um, you'll surprise yourself with what you can accomplish and achieve because I've done it.
man, I wasn't the greatest student in school. I just learned along the way on how to approach problems that I encountered um, from other people who were around me, who had better minds, better work ethics, ethics. Um, but those were all people who I could learn something from. Um, and so, yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> again, I wasn't the best student, um, but I was, I've been able to achieve some things in life that even surprises me and surprises people who I grew up with. Um, and I don't see myself as being different from anyone else. So. That's awesome. Um, so how, how can people, you know, reach out to you, um, connect with you, uh, reach out to you about purchasing a book? Mm -hmm. Um, what's the best way of getting in, in contact with you? Okay. So best way to get in contact with me at this moment is, would be Instagram, um, at Jason Moore, uh, just Jason M O R E. Um, and, um, if you're interested in getting the book, the link is in my profile on Instagram, or you can go to a prayer for the hunted. Hold on, but you go to prayer for the hunted.com. This is just the title of the book. And it'll take you to um, a site where, where you can pre-order the, the first two or order the first one. Um, uh, the second volume comes out next month, which is not too long from now. So um, you can also look for that. Uh, but yeah, hit me up on Instagram if you want to check. Um, let me know if anything I said helped. If it didn't help, if you got any further questions, those are the places to reach out to me. That's great. That's great. Well, once again, hey, thanks for Jason for uh, for coming on to the show. Um, quick shout out to the sponsors of the show. Uh, first of all, Elevate Coffee Trading. Uh, that's based in the Dallas, Texas, uh, Dallas, Texas area. Uh, extracting hope with every drop. Um, like I said, and uh, much of their proceeds go to helping um, coffee producing countries like Guatemala and in area, areas of need in the United States, too. So um, check them out at Elevate Coffee Trading. Uh, another sponsor is Baba Coffee. Um, they are always smuggling good vibes, good coffee. Uh, they have uh, organic food, um, beer, food, coffee. Um, and they have live music every every weekend starting at 6 p.m. Uh, they've, they've been a great, great sponsor of mine. So you can check them out uh, at, uh, at Baba Coffee on Instagram and then go to babacoffee.com uh, to uh, check out everything else. Uh, and then my last sponsor is Osco No Luck. Uh, they actually produce uh, American-made flannel and accessories right here in uh, beautiful Oceanside, California. And um, so, yeah, check them out. Also a great sponsor. Um, They're uh, um, actually a really great sponsor for the uh, for the military police officers. Um, they they create all kinds of cool cool gear and accessories for them. Um, but you can check them out at allskillnoluck.com, um, or you can check them out on Instagram at allskillnoluck. So uh, just a quick shout out to my sponsors, and then you can check out this show as well as future episodes on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcast. Full video will be on my YouTube page at Quantel Langford. And as always, um, be creative, stay inspired. If your ups and downs, all the wins and the outs and the smiles and frowns, they will tell you to settle down, stay on the ground. But no, I won't take it. No, we won't take it.